0: 720 WGN. Hello, Whitney there to kick things off for the Wintrust Business Lunch. Hey there, it's Amy Guth. Thanks for spending part of your Saturday with us. Always grateful to you for that. Hope you're outside enjoying some of that warm weather. Weather it got kind of chilly on us yesterday for a little bit. I had I was all bundled up. I was kind of chilly in a hoodie. So let's let's uh, enjoy that warmth while we got it. So lots to do on the Trust business lunch today. We're going to be talking a little bit about that jobs report, what all that means, and we're going to be a little bit later in the program talking about. Uh, we're going to talk about how Illinois companies are mobilizing in the way in the wake of the news that uh, Foxconn is moving to. Wisconsin we were talking about that just last week but before we get to that we are joined by Adrian Roberts who is a reporter at Wall Street Journal and Adrian wrote about Toyota and Mazda's joint venture to build a billion dollar plant in the US and there's a lot of questions swirling around this news hi Adrian welcome to the program thanks for being with us today Thanks for having me. I appreciate you taking the time out of a Saturday to break all this down for us. So, so as um, as it stands now, Toyota and Mazda have they're forming a partnership to build this new assembly plant, but it is very unclear where it will be. Only that it will bring uh, it will have the capacity to bring about 300,000 vehicles annually and about 4,000 jobs. Any sense of where this is going to be?
1: Right. Yeah. You know, I could not get any information about where um, they are thinking of putting the plant. But what I think they might do is go to the south. Um, That's what many automakers are doing right now. Um, So you have Volvo building a plant in South Carolina. Um, BMW has their plant there as well. And that's mostly because they're non-unionized plants. Um, So if I had to guess, um, don't quote me on this, but I would think they would go to the south. (laughs)
0: Right. We also have uh, Volkswagen in Chattanooga, all that. You're right. That is a, an interesting point. There is a lot of uh, automakers that we see there. And so um, what are the implications of this joint venture? We don't often, at least not that I'm aware of anyway, it seems like we don't often see big automakers like this teaming up to share space. What What is the context of that?
1: Right. Yeah, you don't often see a lot of joint plants. You'll see joint ventures to share um, technologies or to do research together because it is so expensive. Um, but this plant is really unique because it benefits both automakers in multiple ways. Financially, it takes um, the burden off. They're sharing the cost of this. It's a $1.6 billion plant, so they get to split that, um, which I think they're both happy about, especially at a time when... Um, U.S. auto sales are just starting to decline. So when we saw this news, we were like, wow, they're going to build another plant in the U.S. And uh, Toyota is going to sell their Corolla sedan, which isn't doing um, super well here. And, you know, people are switching to crossovers, SUVs, and pickup trucks. So at first it was kind of a mystery. We're like, why would they want to do this? But what I think it is is um, – so first of all, Toyota will um, – get to move around their capacity. So they're going to be able to make more pickup trucks their Tacoma in Mexico, which is a hot seller for them. And they've been dying to get more capacity. So this frees up capacity in Mexico because with their new plant that they're building in Mexico, they were originally going to um, build a Corolla here. Now they're going to move the Corolla to this new plant. They so can build more pickup trucks. Um, and also for Mazda, Um, This is their first time back in the U.S. since 2012. So they had a joint venture with Ford. That ended, and they haven't produced here. And at a time right now when NAFTA is under threat and, um, you know, there could be a border tax slapped onto imported cards, this is a great way for Mazda to get back into the U.S.
0: Right, right, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that about the uh, the uh, long running alliance with Ford that Mazda had, um, because I mean it is an interesting time for automakers, and we have seen decline of other, um, you know, just of their space in the in the U.S. and, and car usership is down, and ownership is down, and, and certainly changing with younger younger drivers. Um, and then Toyota too, though Toyota and General Motors, um, they had a project going for a while in California as well. Correct? correct? Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah for Mazda I
1: think this is um they it's I think their fifth biggest market so it's still I mean and they want to grow here any automaker will tell you this is the most profitable market the U.S. is so I think they want to get any any way they can get some kind of foothold here um I think that's going to be big for them and you also see You know, when Toyota built their plant in San Antonio um, and when um, BMW built their plant in Spartanburg, South Carolina, you go to those towns and you're going to see a lot of Toyotas and BMWs driving around. So it's a great way to just get your name out there and to get more sales just in the area that you're building. So I think – and for Toyota, too, that could happen as well. So I think they're both excited about
0: being here. That is a really good point. And so what is the timeline on this facility and what is the price tag?
1: So 1.6 billion, um, which is, you know, that's a big plant, and then um, setting to open in 2021. So they are telling me that they have no site selected. So they said that'll could take a year and then a few years to build the plant, which that seems like a typical timeline. But it's going to be interesting when they come um, at that time, just because we're just starting to hit that plateau and you and um, car sales. So as that starts to drop, and it's it's going to take a, a a downturn here just because demand has been filled. So um, we'll see how they do if they're going to, you know, I don't know if it's the greatest time to be opening up a plant, but in their minds, um, this is also an opportunity. They're going to be doing research on electric cars. There's a the possibility that they could be building an electric car, um at the plant, although that could be far off. Um, and they're also going to be doing research on autonomous and connected cars together as well.
0: Interesting. Well, we will keep turning to you for the latest as we learn more and more about Toyota and Mazda's joint venture to build this billion, over billion uh, dollar plant somewhere in the U.S. Adrian Roberts, reporter at Wall Street Journal, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Thanks very much. WGN. Hey there, it's Amy Guth here on the Wind Trust Business Lunch. Thanks for being with us today. Hope you're enjoying some of that warm weather out there. Lots of smiling people out on Michigan Avenue today. We are joined now in studio by Frank DeVincentis. He's a senior vice president and financial advisor with Morgan Stanley in Chicago. And he's here to talk with us. The jobs report that just came out, of course, big uh, questions surface quickly uh, in the economic ways and uh, ways of thinking thinking. So anytime we see that kind of data, we want to bring in an expert and talk it over. So thanks for being with us today, Frank.
2: Thank you, Amy.
0: Okay. So the jobs report came out and what did, you know, what, what is it that we can most take away from it? Because I think quickly some pretty simplified narratives always emerge whenever we see a a lot of data like that. So what is the big takeaway for you on that?
2: Sure. Well, some of the big takeaway takeaways is you know, 200,000 jobs, 209,000 jobs added first is a very, very good thing. Um, Taken in the big scope, we have an unemployment right now at about 4.3%. Um, so this, what that tells us is that the job growth at some point should be slowing here um, simply because jobs are more scarce. But as it relates to the market and kind of the headlines, this job posting was better than expected and better than the trend that was established over these past couple of months.
0: And so anytime we have big news like that where people are speculating about economic indicators, it seems like people start making a lot of really quick financial decisions.
2: Right, and that is something we would not want them to do. Um, you know, taking taking a longer view and looking at this and putting it into perspective is important. It's definitely uh, optimistic news, and its jobs are, are good, plain and simple. What it leads to is more spending and, and a consumer spending economy. That our economy is largely driven by that. Um, so it, it continues to add to that confidence, but I wouldn't um, – Make any large portfolio changes based on this uh, number alone,
0: right it seems like that 's never the right move but right. but right. I mean, I feel like i've had many conversations about about financial headlines on this show and, and it seems like that 's always the advice. Just everybody chill out right everything will be fine it'll all balance out
2: and and we we run the risk of sounding like drones or sure. you know like the old record of just saying, "Hey, look, stay the course, have a plan, um, but it really does make sense i mean if you if you take this to say, well, what do we expect to happen from, say, the Fed? You know, how does the Fed react to this? Um, One of their mandates is having low unemployment. They want the economy to be at full employment. But the thing that we haven't seen in a while is inflation. Mm -hmm. And inflation is really what the Fed is looking for before they can confidently raise interest rates. So this past June, they were very quiet and and said they decided not to raise the Fed target, so they kept it at one to one and a quarter, and they said they look, they're, we're going to continue to be data dependent. We're going to continue to just look and see how the economy goes. Um, now we sit back and say, well, what's going to drive inflation? And what will drive inflation ultimately is wage growth. We need to see companies having to pay their people more Mm -hmm. and that will increase their prices of the goods and you'll start to see that but it it has not been seen just yet
0: yeah and and that's an interesting topic because that one gets very contentious very quickly as we talk with both uh, workers and employers quickly you know we've seen uh, a lot of conversation around the fight for 15 here and and uh, so much uh, quickly seems like we can have pretty even keeled uh economic discussions but as soon as wage comes in a right. lot of tempers start flaring and people get very emotional about it that's their that's their livelihood
2: yeah and and we certainly have those those conversations with our clients but we have to st- take a step back and look at that large picture again sure. and say hey look automation mechanization is occurring um the workforce is less unionized now so the the Negotiating table, it's hard to bring up wage growth. Um, you know, again, something on a political level, you might see someday um, wage per hour raised in that mm-hmm. in that sense. Right now, it's mostly happening on a state by state level. Um, but all of this taken into the full picture says the Fed's still going to be very easy. They're going to keep monetary conditions easy, so it's going to be easier to to borrow um, and so forth. But there is going to come a day where Interest rates will begin to rise. Yeah. Um, and as, as the individual investor is looking at this and they're saying, wow, this is great. Stocks are doing well. Dow's at 22,000. We're um, making new highs. You just want to make sure that you're rebalancing that portfolio. It's easy to forget, you know, in a year like, well, really the past couple of years, we have the SP locking in really nice returns. As of second quarter, we were up over 9%. And the bond's doing somewhere in the neighborhood of 2%. That 60-40 portfolio, 60% stocks, 40% bonds, suddenly starts to look like a 65-35 or Mm 70-30. You have to make sure that you're rebalancing back to that 60-40 model if that's the plan that you're following.
0: Yeah, I I want to talk about the market, too. So so talk, if you would, about the significance of the Dow crossing 22,000 on Wednesday.
2: It's a great number. I mean, it's it's one of the again the our move from twenty twenty thousand to twenty one thousand happened in I believe it was the fast one of the fastest trading times in in history. This time it took only about one hundred twenty seven days to get from twenty one to twenty two. That's that's pretty quick movement. Um, so what we look at is to say, well, what is substantiated? What is supported from an evidence standpoint is that earnings have been growing. First quarter earnings were up 15 percent year over year. Second quarter is coming in at around 9 percent. This is this is great news. Um, you know the number 22 doesn't have any real significance, but we would start to raise the flag of caution to say there's certain parts of the economy that are perhaps just a little overvalued. Um, a lot of consumers have been holding on to utility stocks, to consumer staples. These names are trading at higher valuations or higher multiples. I don't want to get too technical. Yeah. Um, but there are certain areas of the economy still, uh, financials, um certain healthcare names that are quite attractive at mm-hmm. this level. It's a mixed bag, is yeah. what I'm trying
0: to say. Well I was just about to ask you that. You know, as we have what looks like fairly optimistic information on the on the outside, mm-hmm. there's always a downside. There's always or a false narrative or something that people miss when they're attached to kind of the main talking points of something. What are those things people are overlooking or what are those downsides we should be looking for?
2: Well I think um Certainly, as, as interest rates, if interest rates do start to go higher, if the Fed starts to become more confident in, in raising rates, that's going to have um, a negative impact on long bonds. Mm-hmm. So if you look at your bond portfolio and you see that you have uh, bonds that have longer dated maturities, we, and we use the term duration, high duration, um, they're going to be sensitive to interest rate movements, and you'll see the, the price or the principal of those bonds fall. Um, also, high-paying dividend stocks. Basically, anything that's been a bond substitute, uh, real estate investment trusts, mm-hmm. things like this, a bond substitute that has paid us yield as – As the 10-year and other interest rates start to rise, um, you'll see investors sell the bond substitutes and move back into traditional bonds.
0: Lots of complicated stuff here. We're (laughs) we're glad we have experts here to explain it all to us. So um, where can the average consumer go um, just for kind of to keep themselves educated and on top of these topics? And and in addition to having a trusted financial professional, you know, where's kind of day-to-day, where can you go for these resources?
2: That's a that's a really good question. <laughs>
0: Read a lot of stuff.
2: WGN radio. Obviously. Seven twenty, obviously. Um you know, I'll I'll say what we say to our clients. It's the twenty four hour kind of business shows um typically are there to hype and, and get people excited. Take all of that with a grain of salt. Know that it's you know, in the blend of fact, science and entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um it's probably a little bit more entertainment. Sure. Um but certainly, I mean, I, I always like the, the periodicals. Yeah. So things like uh, the Wall Street Journal, mm-hmm. Financial Times, Barrons. Um, there, we're getting just a very real. It's, it's a little bit more of a relaxed take, you know, taking in the picture. But um, other than that, just listen to your financial advisor. Make sure that they're on top of um, what they're looking at and uh, are staying staying into the economic know. Um, as we say.
0: One would hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us today, Frank Vincentis, who is a senior vice president and financial advisor with Morgan Stanley in Chicago. Appreciate you breaking it all down for us. Lots of stuff to keep on top of, but we turn to experts to help simplify it all for us. So thanks so much. Thank you. twenty W G N Hey there, it's Amy Guth here on the Win Trust Business Lunch. Shout out to producer Cash who's playing some awesome songs today. Shout out to you. I do what I can, thank I'm you. I'm liking it. It's good. It's keeping people pumped up. Mostly me. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Still lots to do on the program. We are joined now by Lauren Zumbach, reporter at Chicago Tribune, who wrote about how Illinois companies are really making some, uh, they're paying attention anyway, to the fact that uh, Foxconn is moving to Wisconsin. And so in in light of that announcement, we were talking about this last week on the program, how Foxconn is coming in to the Midwest. Um, so suddenly Illinois companies are like, oh, we should do something about that so here to talk about that with us Lauren Zembach welcome to the program always happy to have you thanks so much for having me on Amy how are you great thanks so um, talk us through what are Illinois companies doing as we see this uh, as we see this this uh, Foxconn coming into Wisconsin
3: yeah well I mean as much as Illinois would have loved to have uh, been able to Bring them south of the border. Um, you know, really from the, from the company's perspective and from the economic perspective, you know, that, that line is a little bit invisible. So, um, there, you know, there's a lot we still don't know yet, including exactly where the plant is going to be heading. Um, but, you know, big companies like Foxconn typically, um, often like to work with local vendors. So, you know, certainly seeing it for companies that are in the electronics manufacturing industry, you know, looking at opportunities to maybe work with them. Um, You know, whether it's a company like Molex, which is based in Lyle, that's already a Foxconn supplier, or, you know, maybe some that haven't worked with them in the past but, you know, might want to pursue that kind of relationship going forward. And, you know, there's even some companies that, you know, maybe wouldn't be working with them directly but see it as sort of an opportunity just, you know, the more companies that are in this space in our region, um, you know, the more talented it attracts here, um, you know, maybe hoping to grab some of those benefits even if they're not, you know, working directly with them
0: sure are there any um illinois companies that that you ran into in in working on this piece that 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 gave you the sense that maybe there's some resistance uh, maybe illinois companies that that don't necessarily want this move to happen or concerned about what it implies um i didn't run into um
3: anything like that just yet um you know um, most of it was, you know, fairly positive. Looking at just, you know, if just the, the more um, if, seeing it as an opportunity for the region, um, if, if it becomes better known for the electronics manufacturing, you know, I mean, certainly, um, I, I suppose in the short term there could be some job pressure, just um, you know, because Foxconn is going to be recruiting. I think they said uh, initially looking to create 3,000 jobs, um, you know, potentially as many as 13,000 down the road. Um, But, you know, that's the kind of thing, too, where uh, some of the local university systems and, and community college systems are saying, well, you know, they're planning to work with Fox kind of work with some of the other companies in that space to try to figure out, well, you know, what sorts of jobs they need, what, you know, how can we be better preparing workers to, to fill those roles?
0: Right, and that's something that you mentioned in your piece at ChicagoTribune.com. Everybody go find that. It's a really interesting in-depth read um, with a lot of interesting data in it. So you mentioned that about the um, skilled workers in the area and preparing workers for, um, you know, a shifting landscape of, of, of manufacturing jobs.
3: Right. And, um, and some of the economic development, um, experts that we talked to so just, you know, based on the salaries that Fox Hunt has, the average salaries that Foxconn has talked about these jobs, they are going to be skilled manufacturing jobs. So, you know, things where, um, you know, that, that do take a little bit more expertise. Um, but whether it's, you know, the College of Lake County or, um, Intersect Illinois, which is the state's economic development arm, um, you know, say that as this thing moves up forward and they learn a little bit more about you know exactly what foxconn is going to need um you know that's a sort of uh, they they're used to working with companies like that to try to um figure out how to fill those needs um you know there, there's also going to be uh some infrastructure challenges. i think uh, one of the um Local development groups uh, in, just over the border in Wisconsin said that they're expecting, you know, maybe some short-term growing pains, just, you know, getting the infrastructure in place. Uh certainly a whole lot more people commuting to that neck of the woods, but um, definitely see it as um, – more of a short-term issues that they're gearing up and, and hoping to
0: work through. Right. And then let's shift a little bit to the, the union aspects of this. Um, Illinois, uh, not a right-to-work state. Wisconsin does have some union-bypassing uh, legislation. Um, that I think that is an interesting piece of this, too, especially as we're it being so close to the border and there's already conversation coming from uh, the the Wisconsin Economic Development Corp about um, interstate interstate employment
3: right right um yes the the fact that illinois doesn't have that right to work legislation was definitely thrown out as one reason that um the state likely wasn't you know even though the state um pursued the opportunity and you know um was definitely interested in having the plan why they might not have been much of a contender early on
0: so, did you get the sense that I mean, because the Foxconn announcement was so very uh, immediately became very political, just because it was in uh, the district that it was in, and and I think a lot of sure. a lot of political conversations swirled around it almost immediately. Um, are there? Did you get the sense in working on this story that there was a lot of concern uh, from union leaders around this this move? You
3: know, we act. Um, I personally didn't talk to a lot of the union leaders for for this initial story. Um, you know, definitely something that we're going to be following um, as we learn more about the project. Um, and, yeah, definitely something to watch going forward.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a really interesting piece of that. I mean, just this whole story, this, this Foxconn story does – bring with it a lot of interesting layers there's there are political and economic and and technology and and manufacturing there's so many different layers to it that it is a really fascinating story so thank you for joining us to talk it over lauren zumbach from chicago tribune we will continue to turn to you for the latest on this and other stories thanks so much thank you <laughs> 720 WGN. Hey there. It's Amy Goose here on the Winterest Business Lunch. Thanks for being with us today. Always grateful to you for sharing part of your Saturday. Well, lots of people outside today in the warm weather. Lots of people headed to Lollapalooza. That's a thing. I saw a whole lot of people with glitter tattoos happening very early this morning, so I knew it's Lollapalooza time. Um, indeed. But it is, uh, you know, it's kind of overcast, so we'll keep you updated on the weather. I know we've had some kind of pop-up weather. So, if I may. Bob and Cash, I would like to shift a little bit outside of the normal stuff we talk about on the business lunch because I want to tell you about something I'm doing on Tuesday. What are you doing? Okay. I'm going to – I was invited. This is not just midlife crisis talking. (laughs) I was invited by the uh, U.S. Army Golden Knights parachute team to jump out of a plane with them um, on Tuesday morning. So that is a thing I'm going to do. I am going to jump from a bit over two miles up. <laughs> it's really high. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to be, it's a tandem jump because I've never done this before. Where so, are you flying out of? Uh, um, Ottawa, Illinois. Okay. So I'll be out there and uh, I'm going to just go out there and stay for the night because I think that's a crazy drive to make at 7 in the morning. So I'm going to uh, stay in Ottawa for the night, get up uh, first thing in the morning, I have a, uh, they said it's about a 20-minute class. I would prefer maybe a month of classes, but whatever, a 20-minute class. And um, then I will be tethered, not tethered, I will be strapped to a total stranger. (laughs) And I said, you know, make sure you pick out somebody who's got a lot to live for, loves their spouse, good kids, has to go home and feed the cat or dog, vacation tickets purchased, like all that, you know, a lot to live for, (laughs) big strong person who's done this a million times. That's who I want. Uh, But I'm going to be strapped to that individual that I do not yet know. And then we are going to leap out of an aircraft.
4: I'm jealous. I'm honestly jealous. I've always wanted to go
0: skydiving. Well, Skydive Chicago in Ottawa, Illinois is the place, I suppose. But I I feel like it's not one of those things that I, as people I know did it, I was always like, yeah, good for you. That's fun. (laughs) Good on you. Good job. Glad you're on the ground. And then um, now that you know, once I was invited, I was like, if you're gonna do it, do it with the Army Golden Knights. Right. Like that's I'm in. I feel like I'm in pretty good hands with them. These are people that do this a couple of times a day.
4: Yeah, that's a safe bet. Because if it was like some random guy on the street, like, hey, I have tickets to yeah. go skydiving, I'd probably say like, no, mm, hard I'm okay. no,
0: hard no for me on that one. So that's so that's what I'm gonna do, and that's gonna be Tuesday morning. So I'm gonna call into Cochran's show. Tuesday morning, about 7.10, and uh, just kind of set the scene for him. And then after that, I'm either going to call Bill and Wendy or John Williams, depending on my adrenaline level.
5: <laughs> Which I predict high.
0: Which Super I predict high. high. You know, a friend of mine asked me that. He said, what are you going to do after that? And I said, you know what, I haven't even gotten that far. My, my mind is making it to the ground safely. I haven't even thought five minutes beyond that. And so I have no idea. But it's, I think the answer is whatever the heck I want the rest of the day. Yeah, I think the adrenaline high would be severe. You know, Jackie Bang from Channel 9 News, she skydams all the time. Does she really? She's been doing it for years. I didn't yeah, she's know that. She's very experienced at it, so I, maybe just you know I, hook up with her. Okay, I should call her for advice because yes. it's interesting. I, I posted something to social media, and um, a couple of people that I know, turns out they have done this, and, and they've had really interesting pieces of advice for me. And one of them, one person said, um, he was a little afraid of heights and that's, that's what led him to do it. He was trying to confront the, the fear. And he said, I was fine jumping out of the plane. I was fine flying through the air. When the parachute opened, it was like, oh my gosh, I realize how high up I am. He said that, that was panic to him, which is surprising because once the parachute is open, I'm good. I feel like, okay, we're good. The parachute's open. Everything's going to be fine.
4: That's what I would think too. I don't have much experience with being in the sky. I've only been on an airplane once. What? So Yeah, only once. My mom actually has never been on a plane. She refuses. She'll drive. No kidding. Yeah. We've taken two road trips, clear down in Florida and back. Where did you fly to? I went to Las Vegas last year for my birthday.
0: That was the first time you had been on an aircraft? First time ever. My
4: 21st birthday. First time ever on a plane. Yep.
0: Oh, my gosh. I know, right? So what about the idea of flying over water? Does that sound unnerving to you? No, I don't have a fear of heights. Okay. Air doesn't bother me. Okay. You just hadn't gotten around to it.
4: Yeah, pretty okay. much cuz my family was always like, oh, we'll do
0: a road trip. And oh, I'm like, you no,
4: know, planes get us there way faster way guys. Faster. And my mom's
0: like, no, my feet belong on the ground. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, right. Well, if something goes wrong, I'm going to be thinking of your mom. Like, oh, I should have thought of Cash's mom. Yeah, shout out to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mom has been a good sport about this. I have to say, the guy, I figured she would be like, do not tell me another thing. Stop speaking right now. Right. Um she is uh she, she can be a nervous woman sometimes, mm-hmm. but no, she, you know what? Shout out to her because she was very cool. But she said, I'm really proud of you for doing this. This is this, if you would have said no to this, you would have regret it. You would regret it. Right. So, of course. Yeah. So, yeah. Shout she, out mama goof. Yeah. She was like, get it done. Just text me when you're on the ground. <laughs> there you go. That's how it goes.
4: Yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, my mom paid for me to like, it was like the little bungee swing drop thing. They have like six flags mm. in that. She paid for me to do that, my 18th birthday, but yet she refuses to go in the air.
0: That's interesting. Maybe she wants to, maybe she has some anxiety about that kind of stuff and wants to make sure you don't have it.
4: I don't know, because she literally just walked up and was like, hey, you want to get on here? <laughs> I was like, uh, sure. sure, why
0: and not? What was bungee like? Was that cool?
4: It, yeah, I think the worst part is like you have to release yourself. So like they drag you up uh, in the air, however many feet, and I did it over water. What
0: do you mean you release yourself?
4: Like, you have to pull the, the the release cord for yourself to start free-falling oh off boy. the bungee. Oh, boy. So I think that was, like, the worst part. Yeah. They just drag you up, and they tell you, like, well, don't look down. And, of course, you look down. <laughs> of course, so. you look
0: down. Well, I, um, courtesy WGN Radio, um, we have a GoPro here, and so I've just borrowed it, and I'm going to wear it somewhere. I think I'm going to strap it around my chest. All right. So I'm going to have... I'm going to try to live stream it on Facebook. That's the goal. Oh, that's going to be awesome if it, you can. Yeah. If I'm unable to live stream it, at the very least I'm going to have a video of the whole thing. Right. I might, as a courtesy, cut out the sound because I'm sure there might be a naughty word or two. Can you get a signal up there? Well, so what you oh, do is, yeah, I had that same question. So you can run, basically you can kind of produce the video from the ground through your iPhone, but I just, I'm not sure that the... That high up that the video will be able to connect to the phone, so I don't want to scare people and say it's live and then have it cut out. <laughs> you know I mean? no, no, that's the worst thing you can <laughs> right, possibly right. do. <laughs> I think that would be a little horrifying. Yes. Um, so I may just record it and and then just put the video up as soon as I can. Yeah. On, uh, the
2: GoPro has a mic. You, you
0: I don't can, know. Yeah, I have never used Some do and some don't. GoPro. I think. So I, so I have know. no idea what's. I'm just going to document yeah. everything I can and we'll get a little video beforehand. But someone jumps out with us. Um, someone from their team, uh, apparently who will have a GoPro on his head. So there's going to be some really unflattering photos of me and video of like the wind pulling my face back from my mouth and all that. Um, but Hey, whatever, you know what? You only live once you yeah as it's well all part of the experience do the heck out of it um but I, I I need good advice so if anyone has has done some skydiving you want to give a quick shout three one two ninety one seventy two hundred um it, a friend of mine did it she said she was totally cool with the whole thing until the door of the aircraft opened and then she her mind went no 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 like, this is not natural, to so mm. this is not good. Uh, she went ahead and did it, but she said it was very scary to get out the door. But from my understanding, you you don't make the choice to jump. That That's taken away from you, that either, you know, the person you're tethered to is just going to run and go. There's You won't have the opportunity to slow it down, or, you know, it, you might hurt yourself or the person you're attached to. Right. So, I just want to, like, double, double check that tether. I mean, I may, like, I feel like I'm going to have my, because I'll be in front of him so i feel like i'm going to have my hands like behind my back holding his waist or something like holding on his arms or something i want my wish for myself is that i'll be able to just say okay it's out of my hands now and you know and just um, once once we're out of the aircraft and just say well it's it's none of this is up to me anymore so i better just enjoy it no matter what happens which well, is a good life lesson i mean that's life anyway right it's all out of hands, all out out my hands. It. Right. Might as well just let it be. Surrender. <laughs> right. It will definitely be an exercise in surrender, which is not something I'm necessarily uh I don't excel at that. I'm more of a force things to go <laughs> kind of person. So it will be interesting. We'll see. We'll see. We're getting some calls. Let's talk to let's talk to Dan. Hi Dan. You're on WGN Radio. You have some advice for skydiving for me? <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah
6: you're gonna love it
0: is it don't do it
6: <laughs> no 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 we're really gonna love it all right i'll i'll i'll, I'll tell you very quickly <clears throat> when i was 18 years old i jumped off a 40 foot uh uh dive into a quarry and i thought my face would never be the same uh i was so frightened when I, when my child was 18 as a graduation gift, uh we jumped out of a plane together, and I'm not kidding, it was the most exciting thing I ever did in my life. It's, it's so enjoyable, it's not funny. You don't get that feeling of falling like I did when I was 18.
0: Okay. What
6: I you... think that's, I think that's the, I think that's the fear that everybody has, you know, that you feel, you have that, that falling feeling. hmm but that, that doesn't happen when you jump out of a plane.
0: Oh, interesting. So the free fall period doesn't feel like, oh, no, oh, oh crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. It doesn't feel like that. You're just kind of floating is the way no, you feel.
6: No, okay. no, no. It, 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 it's absolutely amazing. You're thinking, oh, my God, this is so phenomenal. And then, okay. frankly, and then when the parachute opens, then it gets boring.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. So have you? would you do it again?
6: I've done it twice. Oh. I've got three children and, and and two of them two of them made me do it. Well, not made me, I mean invited me to do it and the third one refused to go. Okay. Uh, I wish I wish we would not So I've kind of I've only got three kids so I've run out of excuses.
0: Right, right. <laughs> well, if it goes well for me, maybe we'll go. Um maybe I'll want to do it again.
6: <laughs> we'll do it. <laughs> All right, I, I'm there for you.
0: Okay, thanks so much Dan. I appreciate the call
6: you will have fun
0: thanks so much well we we shall find out on tuesday right no no
6: yeah absolutely don't worry about it
0: i won't thanks so much dan bye-bye all right well that's good advice you know someone else said that to me that when you jump out of a out of the aircraft you don't your mind won't register a sensation of falling it won't be panic it'll just be kind of okay this is cool someone said to me that it felt like just floating it didn't feel like falling which which would be cool i'm I'm on board for that. So sounds enjoyable. I'm surprised you haven't done this already. You're a pretty adventurous. You know person. That's so funny? You are like the twelfth person to say that to me, Bob. Everyone's like, "Why have you not done that?" <laughs> well, that's true. I don't know why I haven't done it. I mean, I guess uh, I don't know why. I just never really got around to it. And then suddenly the opportunity sort of fell in my lap, and I thought, well, I'd be crazy to say no. So hmm, let's see. All right, hi, Stan. You're on WGN Radio. Hi. Hi, Stan. So do you have advice for me for skydiving?
1: Yeah,
5: definitely do it. And um, it, uh, I celebrated my 61st birthday by jumping out, yeah, at Chicagoland Skydiving Center on U.S. 30, southeast of DeKalb. And my 21-year-old son also went. Okay. And, um, yeah, I I kind of like extreme things, a roller coaster fan and everything, but uh, I describe it to friends as the most physically exhilarating experience of my life.
0: Cool. Okay, this is yeah. exciting. So what did yeah. you do and afterwards? Were you so just overwhelmed with adrenaline that it took you a day or two to just come back to Earth?
5: Uh, oh, I'm trying to think. I think I did sleep well that night. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did sleep Well, yeah, it was great. But what spurred me on was... Uh, uh, george uh the first george bush mm-hmm. you know it was in the tribune when he went on he was 85 years old all right oh, yeah. Bush 41. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly and he also went on his 90th and there was a story where um i think 95th he couldn't due to his recent health problems mm-hmm. but i figured if he was 85 and i was going to be 61 I-, I can do this yeah and it was something yeah. i i had wanted to do but you know you You do get your training on how to land and our landing, each of us. The landing was great. It was a beautiful day, July 1st uh, uh, in 2010, and that's when I went. I'm 68 now, but I turned 61 on that day. So my son went with me. He loved it. I loved it, and and I recommend it. It, it. It's a great experience.
0: Cool, cool. If you had one piece of advice you could go back and give yourself right before you jumped off the plane, what would it be?
5: Uh, I, I did have, uh, you know, it was it was exhilarating to look out the plane wind or the door there and everything, but reminding myself I'm with another guy, you know, yeah. tandem. In fact, it was so exhilarating, that free fall that the other gentleman was talking about, I forgot to pull the ripcord, okay? <laughs> you know, but guy, yeah, he's signaling with his wrist, pull it. And I, I, I was having such a good time, I completely forgot he had to pull it. And so, wow. yeah. So you get to control the parachute? Um, Yeah. See, we're instructed that you will pull the cord. Of course, he can if you forget, which was my case, you see. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. And, again, you're, you're sitting in front of your companion and, yeah, piggyback or whatever, and you go out. And it was like, and you want to you're told how you're supposed to jump out like spread eagled, and that's important, and uh uh that's what I kept reminding myself to do that properly, okay, okay,
0: all right, well, this so, is all good yeah. advice, Dan.
5: Yeah, and so please come back on the air in a couple of Saturdays and tell us how it was, okay?
0: I, I'm going to. I'm, in fact, that morning I'm going, to be, I'm going to call Steve Cochran right before I go, and then afterwards I'm either going to call into Bill and Wendy or John Williams and let them know how it went, but I'll also put a video up at WGNRadio.com because I'm going to have a GoPro on me and all that good stuff. So, well, we shall see.
5: Hey, thanks a lot for taking my call, and enjoy.
0: Thanks, Stan. I appreciate the pep talk. Okay. All right. Bye bye. All right. See, I feel much calmer about this now that we have some cool yeah. listeners that have called and said, like, just enjoy it. It's cool. I love Stan's attitude. He had, he was like, if, if George Wish can do it at 90, I can do this. Yeah, I think that's a great attitude. That's a great attitude. Yeah. I like his style. So.